Good evening, Church. This evening, the scripture reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 9 to 16. Romans, chapter 12, verse 9 to 16. Let love be genuine, above what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see all of you here. And looking well, let's look to the Lord as we ask Him to help us this afternoon. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this privilege of coming into your presence to worship you, to offer you our praise and worship, and of course, to hear your word. Father, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak to us as we look into this passage. Grant us new insights, grant us new revelation that we can apply into our lives. As we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have now come towards the end of our sermon series on the five attributes. And we have seen four attributes so far. And we all know that all these attributes are to encourage us to live lives that is worthy of our calling as followers of Jesus Christ and living out as our lives as, the, as His disciples. Can you remember what are the five attributes? Okay, I think someone has put together these five attributes in our five fingers, on our five fingers. Let's take a look at them quickly. First, we started with the attribute called humility, that we, that we need to value and regard one another with a humble heart, not, think, not thinking that we are one great above everyone else. Can I have the next slide, please? Hello, can I have the next slide, please? Yes, these five attributes. So the first one is humility, that we need to value and regard one another, not thinking that we are one great above everyone else. Huh? Then we look at gentleness. In gentleness, we welcome one another, especially those who have fallen and then returned into the shipful. They went wandering around, 
and decided that they should come back to church, come back to the community, and we want to welcome them. And then we, we thought about um, how to, in gentleness, we are to witness and to bear one another's burden and to share uh, with one another in gentleness. Then we have patience. We are to exercise patience when we share in the suffering of other people. We pray that the Lord will heal them, the Lord will journey with them, that they will experience the presence of God, the goodness of God, and that something good will come out of them. And doing acts of kindness and serving one another with patience. Somehow, whenever I think of the word patience, it reminds me of um, part of the fruit of the Spirit that is called long-suffering. You know, we, we, we need a lot of patience in our, when we bear with one another. In our relationship, we need a lot of patience with one another. And then we have, of course, we just finished looking at the attribute called love. And learning to serve one another, loving one another, and admonishing one another with the love of Christ. And finally, unity, which we will look at today and for the next three weekends. And today, we, we, under the topic of unity, under the attribute of unity, we are looking at the need to rejoice with one another. I, I, I gather that if we learn how to cultivate and exercise the four attributes that we have looked at in the last few months, humility, gentleness, patience, and love, in our lives and with one another, within the community, then I believe that unity will be easy to attain, will be easy to achieve. I know, however, that it is a process. We go through many struggles, we go through many challenges, and many learning experiences along the way in our loving curve to get there. Our loving curve sometimes go very high, sometimes go very low. So it's a learning curve. And it is a lifelong process. I believe that every one of us here not know that it is a lifelong process to try to cultivate and exercise these four attributes, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. It's not easy to get there. And then we have, sometimes we fall, and then what we happen? We get up and we learn the lesson all over again. So we have, we need a lot of patience and long-suffering, huh? To, and perseverance as we go along the way. And I guess that we all cannot claim arrival, that we have arrived at this particular attribute. I always say this, when we finally arrive, we will probably arrive where? At the pearly gates, at the heavenly gates, and then we spend eternity with, with our Lord Jesus Christ. And Unity, the topic of unity is very important within the body of Christ. And it is also an important component in many corporate companies as well. 
That is why we have, we often hear companies having team building retreats. I'm sure those of us working in a corporate company have attended many of this. And we have many inspiring speakers, motivational speakers that come and conduct these retreats. And then we play team building games. If one, if one of your teammates fail in doing that, you've got to do everything all over again as a team. So in that sense, they teach you when one suffer, all suffer together. So all for the purpose of promoting and cultivating bonding, cooperation and collaboration among the team members. And then what many would like to call this, the team spirit. In Chinese, there is a saying that goes, Tuan jie jiu shi li liang. There's strength in unity. Being united is strength. In English, of course, there's strength in unity. So that is strength in unity. There's a cute video about unity that I would like to share with you. I hope that is there. Is it there? Some of you may have watched this video before, but I thought it's so cute that I must share this, yes. about that, that take the bus <laughs> so the here in this this cute little video the animal kingdom in their instinct know that there is strength in unity what more about us human beings so let's learn what it means to be united so what is unity to you what is unity to us in the Oxford Dictionary, it is described, it described unity this way, the state of being in agreement and working together. The state of being joined together to form one unit. That's why the Bible calls us, there are many parts, but there is one. One more time, there is one. 
there's one body. We sang the song, Make Us One. So we all know what it means that there's one body, but we have many parts. When you look at yourself, or when you look at someone, it's one person, but there are many parts to that person. And we all know that in the human body, many parts make up one body, and it's important. It's very important, and all of us are needed to make the body works, to be united to make the body works. When we read the Bible, we also realize that the idea of unity is a very big one. Somehow, God places a lot of emphasis on unity within the community of believers. And we know that in our own individual families, unity is important. And we know that in a corporate company, catching the company's vision is important. For those of us who read the Bible, often, I'm sure all of us do, if I ask you for a sum that talks about unity, what comes to mind? This particular psalm comes to mind. Psalms 133. What does it say? It says, it's only three verses. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Like it is like the dew of Hermon and the falls on the mountains of Zion. It's refreshing, huh? For, for there, the Lord has commanded the blessing forevermore. The psalmist likened unity to the oil flowing from the head to the end of Aaron's priestly robe, like a gown from the top to the bottom. And of course, in one direction, it, tra- it has to travel to the bottom. And we know that it has to go through many parts of the garment. And it's not easy, huh? And we, know, and we all know that oil eases friction. And oil is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Then at the end of the psalm, very interestingly, the psalmist says that God commands a blessing forevermore. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And when there is a blessing, when there is unity, there comes a blessing. It comes that way. It's, that's what the scripture says. You, at the end of it, God commands a blessing. And that calls for rejoicing, isn't it? That calls for rejoicing. And that's why I believe that the passage that was read to us by Eric this afternoon was talking about. In some of our Bible translation, there's probably subheadings in each section. And under this section from verse 9 to 16 is under the section called the monks of a Christian. So that means that whatever in this section, they are monks of a Christian. So if you call yourself a Christian, if I call myself a Christian, this should be our mark, our, our identity in that sense. The first few verses, verse, verse 9 to 11, he says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold on to what is good. 
Love one another with brotherly kindness. Outdo one another in showing honours, in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. These few verses, kind of a working summary of all that we have talked about so far. It says, love, in other words, it says love is foundational. Love is the foundation. Love that is genuine. Love that is real. Love that is authentic. And love must be without hypocrisy. Don't pretend, pretend. If you pretend in your relationship with one another, people can feel it. People can feel it in their bones. You know? If your love towards someone is not real. And flowing, and all this love must flow from God's love in and through us. We talk about agape love in the last time that I preached. So in the famous chapter of love in 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse says this, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest is love. We quote this all the time, that the greatest is love. It's foundational. And it, it, it is from it that all things, all the other expressions of love flow. And then the second thing that this passage talks about is that we are to be fervent in our service to the Lord and not be slothful. Meaning, we need to be wholehearted in our service to the Lord. And then he talk about honouring one another. He says, outdo one another in doing, in in doing honour. It sounds like competition, isn't it? I have to outdo uh, Ming Hui in doing honour. I got to outdo Caitlin in doing honour. Honouring other people. Outdo one another. And maybe the winner will emerge in, in Glory Lana. You have a special diamond and says, the honour of honouring one another. A special diamond on your crown. I don't know, I'm just guessing. Then the second part of the passage, it, it's like the first part is the being, being of a Christian. The second part, it talks about action, the living out of what the, the first three verses is. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Oh, that's difficult sometimes. We think our, our ideas are the best. Paul was encouraging us to do a few things. The action part. The action plan. To bless and not to curse. That's the first thing. And in Proverbs, you know, this morning I was taking a walk near my neighborhood and, this, and I was thinking about the sermon and this verse came to my mind. In Proverbs 25, it says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat and if he's thirsty, give him water to drink it, for you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. So we need to bless one another with acts of kindness, even to those we consider enemies. 
they may consider you their enemies or you may consider them enemies. Learn to bless one another. Then, we, then it goes on to say that we are to identify with the joy and pain of one another. The rejoicing and weeping with one another. We'll talk about some practical ways that we can do it a little later. Then it is through all of this that we learn to live in harmony with one another and to not be wise in our own sight. Learning to live in harmony. I know sometimes it's a bit difficult to live in harmony with one another, but we do our best, yeah? I guess in this way, we can truly and genuinely rejoice with one another as we seek to pursue unity and peace within the body of Christ. Our topic today is rejoice with one another. So what are we doing when we rejoice with one another? I guess first of all, we are blessing one another. We bless and celebrate. We, we talk about demonstrating and celebrating God's love in my last sermon. So one practical part of this demonstration and this, this celebration is to bless one another. Bless one another by celebrating with them for the blessing that they have received. If they receive a blessing, wow, we want to rejoice with them. We want to say, hey, that's wonderful. That's good. Thank God for the blessing. Just now, Ken tell us to go and shake hands with one another and say, God is good all the time. How has God been good all the time? That's a blessing. If you can say that, how, is, how God is good all the time to you, that is a blessing. And you can share the blessing with someone. Someone has offered you a ticket to go away for a holiday. That's a blessing. Rejoice with that person if that person shares with you. Then we rejoice and we bless one another and celebrate when you hear of a, of a new addition to the family. A new addition, we know, come by new birth, huh? new life. Thank God for the new life. Rejoicing with the family for this new life that's added. Or even by... by Marriage, you have a new addition to the family. Then, of course, promotion at workplace, at birthday. And we are, I'm glad that we, in all saints, we celebrate birthday. We are, when we celebrate birthday, we bless them, pray for them. We sing them a birthday song. And we cut, enjoy the cake together. So we do this every end of the year. And sometimes people are shy. Please don't be shy. Sometimes I, you know, I always wait at the side hall for people to come. And sometimes nobody comes. The list is there. I saw these people on the list and nobody comes. Uh, please come, lah, okay? Otherwise, I'll be very lonely. I cut the cake. don't know for, for who. I, and, I'll, and I'll cut my cake myself, okay? Cut the cake on my own and then I have to distribute the cake. So please come and let us rejoice and celebrate with you the life that God is giving to one another. Then, of course, we celebrate when there is a lost and found. In the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 15, we have three parables on lost and found. The lost coin, the lost ship, and of course, the prodigal son that returned 
Then at the end of each parable, we see these few words that, that is being um, recorded for us. In verse 6, Matthew, um, Luke chapter 15, verse 6, and it says, when he comes home, that's, called, that's for the lost sheep, huh? he calls together his friends and his neighbors and says to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Then in verse 9, it says, and when she has found, found it, the lost coin, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. And of course, our, the dear father said this. When, for this, he said this. For this, my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. So lost and found. We, we want to celebrate with those who lost and found something. If you lost your handphone and you tell us to pray, and you found it, we want to rejoice with you. Of course, the greatest joy is to share when somebody in the family comes to accept Jesus into his heart or her heart. It is in the same chapter, in the two verses it says, in verse 7, just as I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous person who needs no repentance. Just so I tell you in verse 10, there's joy before the angels of heaven over one sinner who repents. So every time we have altar call and someone come to accept the Lord, we want to rejoice. At Alpha Course, at the Holy Spirit Weekend, when somebody comes to accept Jesus, we want to rejoice. The whole team rejoice together. And of course, heaven rejoice over the sinner that repents. And when we rejoice with one another, we are also boosting the confidence of our friend, a way of blessing as well. And the way that we boost the confidence is by affirmation. We affirm our friend's ability. We affirm our friend's effort. I'm sure you and I feel blessed when we are being affirmed and we are appreciated for the work that we put in. I remember at the first Alpha course that I was host here in ASE, I was asked to be the host. You know, the host got to come up every every week and welcome everyone. And one of the responsibilities of the host uh, is to tell a joke. You know? And then I get, after a couple of weeks, I get very discouraged because no one laughed at my joke. So I have to appoint an official laugher. That person got to laugh for his d dinner, you know. <laughs> you know who you are, huh? So, but... Then one day, one of the participants told me this. He said, actually, uh, your jokes are quite funny, you know. I said, why did you laugh? Because he said, I didn't laugh because no one else was laughing. So I said, next week, can you laugh? <laughs> so I said, you please laugh so that I get encouraged. <laughs> so uh, the following week, he did laugh. So never mind. But I'm glad that... Um, 
I just do what I can. And when someone affirm you, we do what we can. When someone affirm you, you feel appreciated. And by affirming that person, we are also spurring and cheering one another on. When we affirm someone, we are saying, hey, that's good job. Carry on. And then, of course, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6, it says that love, that we love not on the wrongdoing, but we rejoice with the truth. When you affirm in someone and spurring people on, we are rejoicing with the truth that this person can do it. Then when we affirm someone, we, we, we rejoice in the truth, we are, we are identifying the ability of somebody. Then we spur one another on. We, you know the, the, famous, the famous verse that a lot of us quote about getting together? It says, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet one another as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In First Thessalonians, it says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Note these two passages in Hebrews and Thessalonians. They both had end times in mind. But all of us as Christians, we also look forward when Jesus will come again. And we want to spur one another on not to give up halfway. We all know life is like a marathon. And in the front is the finishing line. And sometimes looking ahead to the unknown can be quite scary. So we need to cheer one another on. And we know that when cost of living getting higher, the climate change and the, in the global warming, and with all the diseases going around, we need to spur one another even more. And we want to take every opportunity to rejoice with one another, affirming each other, spurring, cheering, encouraging, and building each other on in a positive manner, as, especially with all these things that is going around us. We need to bring cheer into each other's life by rejoicing. So in doing so, we are also lending our strength to move forward. We want to journey together towards the finishing line, as I said. We want to be that crowd that is that crowd of weaknesses that cheer each other on. Come on, you can do it. Come on, we, 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 are, we are in this journey together. And practically, what are some of the occasions that you want to rejoice with one another? First of all, achievement, milestones of each other. You know somebody has a new diploma, new certificate. We want to send them a text and say, congratulations for all your hard work. We rejoice with you on your achievement. Wow, good job. But sometimes I know that when we see the achievement of our friends, uh, we can't, human being, uh, we can't help but feeling a bit sour. Oh, yeah, this person can do it. I try so hard, how come I cannot do it? But let's learn to deal with our heart. Then 
ask the Lord to help us. That out of genuine love, we reach out and rejoice with the other person. I think that kind of set us, that helps set us free as well. Then, of course, we want to rejoice with answered prayer with one another within the community. In the cell group, we pray for one another and then for answered prayer. We rejoice with one another. I remember I told you all that my, my, some of you know that one morning I woke up and my left eye was like blur. So I text, I, I, I call up some people and they prayed for me. After that, when I can see better, well, you, you guys rejoice with me. Thank you very much for praying. I appreciate that. And my sisters also prayed for me and I really thank them. And then, of course, spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity of our fellow brothers and sisters. When, when you know that somebody has finished reading a book and learned something from that Christian literature, we want to rejoice. Hey, good job, man. You have finally finished reading your book. And, and talking about this, I am, I am very happy when, when I came here and I saw that at, at every baptism service, after baptism, the baptism candidates lined up here to receive the light. And when they receive the light, what do, you, what do we do? We sing them a song. Welcome to the family. And then what do we all do? We all come up and congratulate them. By doing so, we are rejoicing with them on this spiritual journey that they have taken, that step of faith that they have taken. I think this is a fantastic, fantastic um, tradition that we in this church have started, that you in this church have started, and continue to do that. Do continue to do that. So as a body of believers here in Austin's, let us consider, continue to pursue peace and unity. Continue to rejoice with one another, spurring one another to do greater works for the Lord and to achieve unity so that we can honour the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the journey so far in our sermon series. How you have talked to us about humility, gentleness, patience, love, and now unity. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and teach us to cultivate this attribute, cultivate and exercise them in our family, in our cell group, and as a church, so that we can honour you, so that we can lift the name of Jesus high in our midst, Lord, and to the world. Because we want to live lives that are worthy of a calling as your followers. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we rise and sing the response song?